Hi, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And hi, my name's Kay. We will be reading from the book Made for This by Jenny Allen. Kay, we are going to start on permission to dream. If you could start us out, please. And this starts out with uh, 2 Peter verse 1-3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. The word dream used to contain some poetic magic when we were children. Dreaming possessed our minds. We dreamed that egg plants were really plants that make eggs. <laughs> and being a policeman was the perfect profession because they shoot real guns. And fairies were interested in teeth and built castles with them somewhere. And we couldn't wait to fall in love and close our eyes and kiss a boy for the very first time at our <laughs> wedding, which would have periwinkle blue cupcakes and dresses and flowers. God is a dreamer too. He built universes and generations of people out of his dreams. And God built us to dream. So, dream. A visionary creation of the imagination. Strongly desired goal or purpose. Something that fully satisfies a wish. That's pretty cool. Dreaming strips life of its borders and sometimes of its reality and damage. Eventually, we realize there are limits. And dreaming becomes something that only children do. Our imagines evolve into problem-solving mechanisms because eventually enough of our dreams don't come true that we stop bothering. We were built with the ability to dream, but we've lost it. What did you dream about as a kid? I dreamed I was going to be a beautician. That's what I dreamed about. Did you really? I did, yes. Well, I nice. cut all my baby doll's hair. <laughs> all of them. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I thought it would grow back. Right? It didn't, did it? No. I've yeah. never stopped dreaming. I uh, really haven't because there's still so many things I dream about that I want to do and I want to see. I don't think I'll ever stop dreaming. I think it's come and gone for me just because of events in, in my life that have kind of put me at the dead end sign. And until God showed me that it wasn't the dead end, Isn't that there was something better. But, but He that, changed your way of thinking. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Hmm. So then I remember dreading adulthood. <laughs> oh, I dreamed about changing the world purely and perfectly using my gifts and it all felt possible. Most of us remember what it's like to live with whimsy and nothing on earth felt out of reach. If we couldn't think of it, it was possible. No big deal. Or if we could think of it, it was possible. No big deal. We all used to be that way, but we have lost our whimsy. Our dreams have died and in our pursuit of maturity, we have lost ourselves and even lost more of God. Missing God. I sometimes feel guilty for dreaming. Is this selfish? Shouldn't we just focus completely on God and not get narcissistic thinking there are special things we should all be doing? Just focus on God. Honestly, it's good to think about because we live in a time in church history when we have strategically justified obsessive amounts of self-focus. We have made life about our little stories rather than God's stories. We have become a generation obsessed in understanding ourselves as if that holds the answer for our restless, discontent souls. We have come to treat God as if he exists for us 
rather than us existing for him. If he's supposed to fit our plans rather than our only plan being to know him and to follow him. God is big, but he moves into the small. God cares about eternity, yet he cares about every second of every human life. That is who we serve. When God is only big and only about eternal heavenly things in our minds, we miss out. We stop dreaming before we even start because we fail to see how he could be interested and we miss some key things. We miss Jesus. When we believe God is only in the big, we miss that Jesus loved each individual deeply and met their unique needs. We miss how creatively he pursued each of us until we believe. We miss his vision for his church. One body, many unique parts coming together to make a difference with their small moment. We miss his spirit. Jesus sent a helper to live in and through us, to pray for us, to equip us with unique gifts, to encourage us, to remind us, remind us of our purpose here, and to remind us that we are headed to a home better than the one we will risk for him now. We miss this beautiful personal interaction with our living God if in our minds he stays only the distant creator of planets. We miss God's creativity. We just look around. Everything about you is different from every other human on earth. By design, God creates generations and billions of interesting humans. And then he takes time to write intimate and unique moments for each one of them. Ignore this side of God and you'll just miss the point. He ran after you. He wrote stories for you. He numbered your days. He knows your thoughts before you think them and your words before you speak them. Ignore that he adores you and you might as well shrivel up and die and go to heaven to be with him. He is big and he moves into the small. We miss the mystery of God. My favorite professor in seminary taught me the most painful and difficult truth about following God. Embrace the tension. I watch online as rebellious bloggers and theologians all fight for various values. They hold dear. They are fighting on some deep level for what they believe is absolutely true of God. But often they pull so hard, God is this way and not that way, that they yank away the tension that maintains truth. Even humans can be easily boxed in. If we can't, God certainly can't be either. Somehow in his holy otherness, our God is sovereign and has given us the freedom to make decisions. Loving and just. The one who hates evil and yet has full authority over it and permits its existence. One God, yet three all at once. And the one for whom time doesn't exist yet intentionally planned every moment of it for us. And I could go on all day long. We hate tension. We love to land somewhere, but this one little admonition, embrace the tension, keeps me humble, keeps God as God, and keeps me slightly capable of knowing a smidgen of him. He is unknowable in so many ways. So mystery must be applied to our small understanding of him and what he has revealed to us in scripture. But we know through his word and his spirit that he has given us a enough. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. We often desperately chase knowledge of God's will for me at the sacrifices of God's will. We will not do that here. As we look into what our dreams might be, 
what our call might be, let's embrace the tension of seeking God's will for us individually within God's revealed will for this earth, for eternity, and for his people. We won't ever stop searching for purpose until God's will becomes our passion. Hey, things to think about this week. So what were your dreams as a kid? What did you want to be? When did you stop dreaming? Really think about that this week. Have you ever thought of God as a dreamer? No, I have not. Have you? No. I haven't either. Uh Uh-uh. What do you think he dreams for us? Well, I guess if I didn't think he was a dreamer, I wasn't thinking that he was dreaming anything for us. I know, me either. I don't, yeah, I just never thought of God as a dreamer. So I need educated here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Did you ever have ridiculously big dreams for changing the world or highly unrealistic dreams that didn't occur to you as any kind of big deal? And what were they? I had big dreams. I wanted a Prince Charming. I didn't get one. Because <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's not, that's not realistic. <laughs> right? I mean, truly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah truly it's not. No. Yeah. And, um, hmm, I don't know. Did I ever have ridiculously big dreams for, for changing the world? I don't, I don't know if they were big dreams, but I, I think along the way, as I look back, there were like a lot of, a lot of little dreams that, you know, came together that, you know, at the, at, at the time, um, I didn't think that it was changing the world, but... I think that sometimes it was just one one life at a time. Um, you know, just thinking back when I, you know, became a child of God in my thirties and the involvement I had with the youth group and just all that and yeah, just looking back at that and thinking, never dreamed that in my life, you know. My big dream was to teach people about spiritual warfare because so many people don't know about it and they don't realize who they're fighting against. That was a huge dream because I always wanted to be on the radio to do that. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. So I guess actually, yeah, yeah, that would probably be my big dream for changing the world. Well, and maybe that would still be to come, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I was going to say this, my friend. You don't know who's um, listening in um, that could be life-changing for you and open up a door that that you don't think possible, but God may think possible. That is true. So, but it is true, and I think we've spoken about this before, that um, in my in my Tuesday night Bible study, we are talking about spiritual warfare. warfare and how many people, how many Christian people are people of the church. Um, they don't want to talk about it. They don't think it's real. Yes, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they do not, but it is mm-hmm. absolutely, and I don't know... I mean, I'm not the one to say, I'm not the one to judge, um, to say how deep, how deep is your walk with God? Because I think the more intensified, speaking for myself, that I have dug into my walk with God, I have felt there's more of a warfare going on, that it is something that is so important on a daily basis to pray about the armor of God and realizing it's not against flesh and blood. Yeah. If he doesn't have any reason to come against you, he's not going to come against you. But if you give him reason to come against you, then he's going to try to come. If you don't believe in him, he doesn't need to do anything because he has you. Right. And that is such a big, big one there. Big one. It's a big one. So let's see. We got a little 
bunny rabbit trail going on right there. Let's go back. <laughs> yes. In what ways are we a generation obsessed, obsessed with understanding ourselves? How might understanding God be a better way for us to do that? How does believing that God moves into the small help us understand? What Jesus did? What the Spirit does. God's creativity. God's mystery. What would you like the people to read and reflect on next week, Kay? Second Peter 1, 3 through 11. And as you think of embracing the tension involved in seeking God's will, why is it important to confirm our calling and understand it? How could dreaming with a God who is both big and small keep you from becoming nearsighted? After reading these passages, consider the answers to these two questions. Okay. Who are you, Lord? Yes. And what do you want for me? We're to give for people. We are to put people before ourselves because we were created for God. Like it said, we we don't have God for us. (laughs) He has us for him. Right. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, next week we're going to talk about what's keeping us from dreaming. So we will wrap it up here and we want to thank everybody for stopping by. Have a great week. God bless you.